Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of a, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast of Dr. Steve. With my little pal, uh, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the all weirdo alternative medicine knuckleheads at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And uh, Tacey will be here in just a minute. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the Internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider. Or if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. And don't go to Cafe Press anymore. I canceled our account. I'll tell you the story of that in a minute. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor. Nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right. Very cool. If you will, go to uh, stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com. You will see the roadie tuner. It's the most incredible dang thing I've ever seen. Have you been playing with yours? I have been, yep. Yeah. It, uh, it'll tune any string, well, not like a violin or a viola or a cello, but, I mean, fretted stringed instruments. Yep. Guitars, mandolins, banjos. Yeah, bass. Yeah, bass. And all kinds yeah. of weird tunings, like if you want to tune to open G, G open yep. D, yep. you know, dropped E, to, or drop D, whatever they call it. Yep. It's pretty cool. It's I, a pretty cool I always tune. wondered why in the hell you would tune a guitar with all the same notes except the bottom note would be one, you know, two half steps lower. Yep. So they drop it to D. And then I watched this guy, Rick Beato. You ever watched his YouTube channel? Mm-mm. Holy shit, this dude is awesome. Well, he's got perfect pitch. His kid has perfect pitch. And when I say perfect pitch, you play a note and they go A flat, play another note, B flat, you know, wow. another note, C sharp. And then the kid, you could play like, 
a chord and the kid's got his back turned to the to the thing and just immediately says you know c sharp diminished it's crazy yeah i can imagine so anyway rick beato one of the things that he can do is he'll take pop songs and just sit there with his guitar and he'll listen to it for a second then he's got it you know and he can say well okay that's this one is a you know a two a two six one Mm -hmm. chord progression oh look at that they throw in that suspended you know fourth or whatever right and um He's amazing. But anyway, uh, why am I? Oh, he did a, a thing about the dropped E string mm-hmm. and showed who would use that and how it would be used in, say, like metal or something like that. It was really pretty interesting. That's pretty good. Cool. You know, you want to get because the, there are times when if you're playing an E, you really wish you could play that D under the E to to um, as a lead in. Right. But then you always have to go up an octave, and it sounds crappy. And so you get a deeper, meatier sound. There's some stuff like that, and it's pretty neat. I'll have to check that guy out. But anyway, the roadie tuner that you can get by going to stuff.drsteve.com, and I'll probably make a link, you know, roadie.drsteve.com at some point. But right now, just go there or uh, click on the link that's associated with this uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, like an Apple or uh, iTunes, it'll you have the links in the description. Anyway, all right, good deal. It's cool as hell. And uh, check out um, noom.drsteve.com if you want to lose all that weight you gained over the holidays still and you're having trouble. Uh, noom is a psychology program. You get two weeks free and 20% off if you decide to do it. And it's not like Weight Watchers. There's no there's no points, and it's not on and on and on. It's three months. And uh, noom.drsteve.com. And I think if you sign up, I'm pretty sure you don't have to give them a credit card in the beginning. So if that weirds you out, you don't have to bother. Because I don't like those either where they say, mm-hmm. oh, well, give us your credit card, and then you can you can Discontinue can- you can cancel any time. Yeah. I don't like that. No, like Just that. let me pay when I want to pay, and let me renew it if I want to renew it. Yep. And a, a lot of these places count on you forgetting about stuff yep and then you just on and on and on so i i think i got on some adult website at some point and there was something i wanted to see i'm sure i was doing research for the show and um i apparently <laughs> paid a fee to get in but then i didn't read the fine print and they were just continue it went on and on and on for years i think so and uh well look at this here's tacy Hello, everybody. All right, very good. Well, let's see here. Oh, don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. It's spelled kind of like simplyherbals.net, but it's actually simplyherbals.net. Or as they would say uh, in the U.K., simplyherbals.net. That's exactly right. I was going to say that. (laughs) Because we've been watching a a great um, British baking show. Oh, funny. And uh, they say anise instead of anise. Which is interesting. Which probably is a niece. They're probably right about that. And then they say herbs instead. Of, they, you know, they pronounce the H, among other things. Mm-hmm. You've not made any baked anything that I've had in a week or two. Well, you're out of your mind. I made the did hell you? out of some stuff last week. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah, I made a chocolate babka. Do you remember the Seinfeld episode where they're all in line and oh, they had to get course. the babka? Of course. Well, I never knew what the <clears throat> hell it was, but they made them on. Uh, great british baking show and i looked it up and it's sort of like a um it's made the same way that you make a corone which is uh uh you know made with regular bread flour and then you you put uh you roll it out and then you put ham 
and basil leaves and um, cheese on there. And then you roll it up oh, wow. into a tube. And then you split the tube lengthwise all the way down. So it's, you, know, you see all the layers are just exposed. And then you wrap those things around each other, spin, you know, twist them around, and then you join it at the middle. Okay. I mean, join it at the ends, and it makes a crown. Right. So Coron is French for Coron, crown. Coron, right. And um, you, uh, that he knows how to pronounce in French, but islet cells, no. <laughs> he calls them islet cells. But anyway, I'm very impressed with your uh, odd collection of things that you do well, Scott. Um, but anyway, uh, and then you bake it, and it is... Uh, Outstanding. Tacy is on Noom, and she didn't want to eat very much, but she tasted it, and I can't eat it at all. And but, I gained four pounds. But well, not just from that. Helpful. But um, <laughs> our kid Beck ate the whole thing. He he kept coming down and getting a, a chunk of it, and then another chunk, and another. And then by the by the morning, the thing was all gone. Well, anyway, the bobka is the same way, except you use brioche dough, which has a lot of eggs and butter in it. Okay. So it's real elastic kind of rubbery dough. And uh, you roll it out, and then you make this really just crazy rich chocolate paste oh, that you put on it. it. And it's got, you know, regular solid chocolate and cocoa and uh, and confectioner sugar and all this stuff. Anyway, and then you, you spread it over, and then you roll it up into that tube, oh, cut man. it. And instead of twisting them around, you kind of braid it mm-hmm. and then stick it in a bread pan, let it rise or prove. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you bake it, and then and then you coat it with um, a simple syrup. Well, while it's hot, and it kind of crystallizes, makes a real shiny exterior. Mm. It's outstanding, mm-hmm. dude. Mm. I made two of those. I made one for the uh, for the nurses at the uh, in the COVID unit, and then I made one for the house. Wow! But uh, but anyway, yeah, that's cool, man. So if you want me to bake you guys something, I will do so. I do, all I need is somebody to say, "Hey, will you make me something?" and then I'll do it. Actually, all, all Doctor Steve needs for someone to say is, "Hey, I bet you can't do this." <laughs> no, I'll, then now they probably then it's on. Right. But like our next door neighbor Becky, who's you know she's kind of on my list in case something ever happens to Tacy and her husband. <laughs> oh my goodness! At the same time, they'd have to be in the same car wreck. But anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But she is. She's hot, though. But uh, she wanted those. What are those lemon cookies taste mm-hmm. from Sam Goodies or something like I that? I don't know. Some from some place in a town near us. So I had to find that restaurant or the the recipe and make recipe, those. Yeah. And those were an outstanding too. So anyway, mm-hmm. it's fun. Cool, anyway, man. Check out Great British Baking Show. And if any of our British friends or friends in the UK, any of our mates have have yes, any of our mates um, <laughs> have a line to Prue or Paul Hollywood, I would love to get an autographed book. But anyway, all right, uh, Tacey, you got anything? Yes, I have one article that's non-COVID related. Ooh, cool. Ooh, I like that. Let me see. Let me give you one of these. What do you got? Okay, hold on just a second. <laughs> Doctor's warning over TikTok beauty craze that uses erection cream to make lips bigger. What? What? Mm-hmm. I want more. What erection cream? More info. It didn't know. The physician said he didn't know what erection cream they were using. But listen, you can buy this stuff um, in the drugstore that makes that puffs your lips up for lips, you don't have to go right. Which kind the of penis lips? route? Exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, it's mouth lips, right? Is that what we're talking about? Oh, for God's sake. No, I'm asking. Oh, come on. That's, well, no, no, that no. wasn't a legitimate question. It's totally a legitimate no, question. No, 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 no. As an impartial judge, I would say legitimate. No, the, the Of course I, you guys would say legitimate because you're both perverts. No, let me tell you why. Because there is, uh, there is there's blood supply to the female genitalia that is not the same as penile tissue, but there is some erectile uh, activity going on. So I wondered if they were putting it in on their female parts to puff things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm just a little, asking. a little. Pretty. Yeah, there's a TikTok a about little. that. Well, no, Steve. I don't. Uh, so I'm all big about TikTok. Okay. What, what, but you don't know what the, um, the uh, no, um, it doesn't say what kind of erection cream. The doctor says he doesn't know what kind of erection cream he was used. However, he um, oh my god, look at the picture of this guy. He yeah he he recommends against it. Okay, so what what he's putting on his lips is a vasodilator. So most erection creams are vasodilators. They op- they increase blood supply, which makes sense. I mean erections are or just blood supply, right? But um, I, I doubt it works on the old penis, but I it seems to work quite well on the lips. And um, I don't know. I mean, listen, it, that's what it's not designed for. It's definitely off-label. But I'm not sure why these, oh, good Lord, why the docs are saying it's so dangerous. How dangerous could it be? I know. Well, I mean, if if it's... If you're allergic to it, It says these creams are not made to be ingested or consumed. Right. But he's not ingesting it. If he's just putting it on his lips, he's putting it topically. Now, um, if it is absorbed uh, and he... Because it's more mucous membrane-y, lips are, and just on the other side of the lips is mouth, which is mucous membrane. If it could be absorbed and dropped your blood pressure... That could be a problem. Well, it mm. says trying this could cause you to suffer an allergic reaction, stinging, soreness, blisters, yes. and uncomfortable swelling. I agree with that. And you can buy your own lip plumping lipstick from CVS but they're or saying, Walgreens. They're saying here that limp plumping... God, try saying that five times real fast. Lip plumping glosses work the same way. They use capsaicin. And capsaicin is the you know the the molecule that's in red peppers. Mm-hmm. It's hot, hot, and it increases blood flow to the lips because it's really just an irritant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just irritating the crap out of them, and the body goes, "What in the hell is on my lips? I need to send blood there mm-hmm. to kind of to to um, uh, dilute out the effects of it to the tissues by injecting fluid into that area, and then you get." You get uh, plumper lips, which is, you know, you're just basically uh, torturing your body and uh, causing it to make you look more attractive. Because, you know, we we use a lot of topical creams with the capsaicin in there because it works as a great analgesic, you know. Yeah. Uh, Capsaicin is uh, sold as a topical analgesic, as Dr. Scott said. I'll give you one of these. Give yourself a bill! But it uh, and the way it works is you have to keep applying it because um, it's not like lidocaine that just turns off the nerves. What it does is it depletes a uh, neurochemical called substance P, Mm -hmm. 
And when it depletes substance P, the body can't transmit a pain signal through that fiber anymore. So right. we'll, you, we used to use that a lot for arthritis. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and I have changed my mic, and now I am popping my peas every time I say one. I, let me try that. Um, and uh, for arthritis and also for post-herpetic neuralgia. Yes, which words, is counterintuitive. Yep. People who have <laughs> shingles who end up with pain afterward that can last months to years, they'll, uh, they can, as, once the blisters have he- totally healed, you do not want to put this open. stuff on open skin, oh no. Lord. Yeah. But once it's totally healed, you put it on, and then you'll get a burning and tingling for a while, and then when that goes away, the pain will go with it. Mm-hmm. It's very w- interesting. Yeah. We use this stuff for, and you'll know what this is, but the, this, um, Chronic regional pain syndrome, the CRISP, yeah, yeah, or sure, the, or the or the um, RSD, which some people used to yeah, call, but reflex sympathetic dystrophy. dystrophy yeah. 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 We yeah. we'll use that sometimes for those for those patients just to try to turn off the sure those nerve endings. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's inter- it's almost like you're overwhelming the your nerve overwhelmed. endings, and then they just go away. Oh, well, we can't. Yeah, because they can't this. they can't transmit any more information. So right. that's that's one of the one of the ways we try to break those cycles of yeah. pain. Yeah, that's cool. Good stuff. All right, good old capsaicin. It's a great herb. <laughs> it is a great herb. <laughs> All right. That's a good one, Tace. Good one, Tace. Okay. What else you got? Could worse COVID illness equal stronger immunity after? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That is intuitive that it would. Mm-hmm. Tell us what do they say. They examined blood samples from 39 COVID-19 patients and 10 people who hadn't been exposed to the virus. And all... They analyze the expression of individual genes of more than 80,000 T-cells. Okay. Ah, I like that. Of the COVID-19 patients, 17 had milder illness and weren't hospitalized. 13 had been hospitalized, Mm -hmm. and nine ended in intensive care. The researchers were surprised to find that patients with milder COVID-19 had weaker T-cell responses. You said they were surprised or they were not surprised? They were surprised. Why would they be surprised by that? Well, I don't know, Steve. Yeah, they're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it? Well, I mean, it's a big, long article. I could read the whole thing, but that's pretty much the sum of it. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, so, and they were, but they were measuring the immune response by measuring antibodies and then T-cell CD8 plus T cells. Okay. So that's a pretty good study because they weren't just looking at um, at antibodies. So you have right. humoral immunity, which is antibodies, and then you have cellular immunity, which is basically T cells. And, you know, B cells are involved in all that as well. But the B cells really produce the antibodies, so they're more uh, uh, humoral, or, you know, on the humoral side. But um, they... Uh, or weren't just looking at antibodies because that's been my complaint about some of the studies is that the, all they're looking at is antibodies and they're not remembering that there are memory T cells that never forget anything. So what all this really tells us, though, is that they're not expressing um, the markers of immunity that we traditionally associate with things like this. But the question is, when they're exposed again, what happens to them? Mm-hmm. If they had, quote, unquote, weaker immunity, well, they are they already had an asymptomatic syndrome, right? Right. So if they get it again, they're asymptomatic again, who cares? Right. Other than that they can transmit to other people, which is why we need herd immunity, which is why we're pushing vaccines, vaccines. and stuff. But 
I wonder if I wonder if that would translate to those, you know, because we were talking about before we came on the show, people having their the vaccines the second vaccine. Some people have a little bit more reaction than others. Oh yeah, and you did right. And I, I had a little bit talk more about, about it. <clears throat> so we had our, our whole staff was vaccinated, and um, <clears throat> everyone felt some of the 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 first shots no problem at all. The second shot we were all tired, fatigued, um, sore. One of us spiked a fever. Up to 101. What? Yep. yep. Wow. On that, on that, the um, 24 hours later. But it was. It only lasted for about two days. Um, oh my! But goodness. I'm just wondering if if those of us who have a little bit more robust response to the coronavirus that's vaccine, a great question would be more um, kind of immune to it in the yeah, future. Well, that's interesting. I hope that's not true because oh, I, I hope not too. I, I had a very mild reaction to it, although I had one. That's how I could tell I got the yeah. vaccine. Right. You know, right now we're doing pretty good in Tennessee, particularly. We peaked out our cases at, um, uh, and I'm looking at a smooth, smooth moving, moving, a simple moving average on December 26th was the peak of the simple moving average at 8,000 new cases. And, you know, we're down to half of that right now, about 4,000 new cases. So, uh, and that's the smooth moving average. Now, the total cases right now is uh, 1.9 thousand new cases. So that's a huge difference. And you can see, if you go to covid.stoutlabs.com, you can look at your state. Let's look at the at the, one of the big ones. Let's look at California and uh, New York while we're at this. So if you all want to um, get on covid.stoutlabs.com and then click the uh, states, U.S. data, and then you can look at it with us. So I'm going to look at New York. And New York, wow, um, had a big peak early. I'm looking at uh, going back 300 days, big peak back in April, and then it fell down, but still, you know, 600 cases a day, 700 cases a day, and then started creeping back up around November 16th, and then it peaked at uh, January 18th, and it now seems to be working its way back down. So they've got uh, uh, 14,000 new cases if you look at the simple moving average, if you look at the absolute number for today, which was, or yesterday, which was November, I'm sorry, January 26th, it was 11,000 new cases. So now we can look at new deaths. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, New York, not so good. You know, you look back at April of 2020, they were running, you know, a thousand new deaths a day, and then it started to drop pretty uh, steadily, and then it bottomed out at about nine to ten uh, deaths per day between uh, July and November, and then started to creep back up again. But still, it's just at 190, well, just 190 deaths on uh, January 25th. And um, 219 would be the absolute number. That's the simple moving average number. So, um, And then if you look at deaths per population, um, New York's uh, pretty, uh, you know, they're up there right now at um, 219. Let's look at what's one of the more open states. Florida. Oh, Florida's getting worn out. 
Okay, Florida. They're as bad as... No, they're not. Are almost as bad. No, uh, when you look at deaths per 100,000 population, they're at 106, it's 116. New York's at 219. You know, and Florida's wide open, and, you know, mm-hmm. and New York is locked down. So, you know, it locked down... I've, I've said from the beginning, I, I didn't think that lockdowns, maybe the first two weeks when we did the two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever, that, yeah. that was fine. Yep. And everybody kind of went along with that. But um, keeping I, I have still to this day not seen evidence that people eating indoors is a risk for super spreader events, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, oh, dad blasted. Um, I had a an article from the Journal of Pediatrics that I wanted to talk about today. And it was the reason why our kids are back in school full time mm-hmm. that uh, – there was a really nice study that showed pretty conclusively that schools are not super spreaders and that the number of cases that of transmission within schools, particularly from student to teacher, is vanishingly small. Okay, and it argued that kids should be in school. Right on. And that's not some right or left wing, mm-hmm. you know, publication. The, the Journal of Pediatrics really not very political it's just they're really uh like the journal of the american medical association or new england journal of medicine they really are interested in the science right and the science is looking pretty good on kids being back in school good so anyway all right enough of that what else you got anything nope that's it all right hail with you then. okay i like the tiktok one and uh maybe we should try that let's find that erection cream and i'll put it on my lips <laughs> You want to? No. Okay. Because the other thing you can do is just go to a med spa and get filler. And then your lips are, perm- you know, how long does that last taste when you get filler? Well, it depends on what kind. That's true. Let's and just say uh, hyaluronic acid. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know the difference, but I, I mean, when I get it done, I mean, I, I get it done and it lasts a while. Yeah. I, I Three, mean, four I, months. No, longer than that. We should get Ch- uh, Chanda in here. She's... Uh, now she's got a boyfriend, so the that whole date or Dr. Steve's friend uh, bit kind of fell through. But uh, <clears throat> we we should get her in here anyway because she's entertaining, and then we could ask her these questions because mm-hmm. she does vaginal rejuvenation, you know, um, and that vaginal rejuvenation, Scott. I'm telling you, I could not do this procedure. Right. Because it, it's a probe. It's about eight inches long. And it, it you, you know, and it, what does it do? Taste it vibrates and it's got uh, radio frequency energy. Yes. So it tingles, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes in, it comes out. It goes in, it oh comes out. It goes in, it comes out. Then you go up and down all around the other. If, if I did this procedure to someone, yeah. they would immediately run and say, that creepy old man yeah. assaulted me. Yes. So, you know, you have to have. The um, right person. The right person doing it. <laughs> but conversely, if we were going to do, um, you know, extracorporeal shockwave treatment for erectile dysfunction, which all which works, by the way. Yeah. Yep. Um, I probably wouldn't want her doing it, although maybe some guys would. But it just but that would be weird, too. So I will be doing those. I think they put enough numbing agent on your your wee-wee to keep it from doing much while the well of course probe but is still it's just, it. ah, it's just weird <laughs> so i'll do that one and she can do the other one <laughs> all right 
Anyway, but we'll, yeah, we need to get her in maybe next Wednesday. Okay. That'd be all right with you? Mm-hmm. You yeah. like her. She's your yes, friend I more do than like she is her. mine. So, all right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, let's see. We did alternatives to Xanax last week. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh well, let's do a couple of these. You ready? Yep. All right. Let's see. Number one thing: don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hey there, Dr. Steve. Hey, man. Uh, had a question about Peyronie's disease and, and actually more question about just having a curved dick and what the difference uh, would be uh, between the two. Because I see that there is treatment for you know, basically the symptoms of having a, a curved penis. And, and as I, I, I see that Peyronie's disease can be a little more serious uh, than just... Uh, the down, you know, ha- the the negative, uh, um, I guess, life consequences of having a, a curved dick. Um, I, yeah. I'm still curious about seeing about you know what using those treatments to possibly straighten uh, uh, one's erect penis out. And I think yeah. if I'm that concerned about it, I'm sure there's possibly millions of other men out there that would be curious about this treatment in in not just a disease uh, approach, but more like, I guess, in a, a cosmetic way. So, okay. yeah, that's that's my question, uh, pretty much. The, the- okay. So, Peyronie's disease, um, it is a disease of the penis, ge- generally caused by scar tissue in the sheath, the uh, semi-expansile sheath of the penis itself. So the way erection works is you have some sort of stimulation and then uh, the the, the arteries and arterioles going to the penis open up and then the veins and the venules uh, coming out of the penis kind of shut down a little bit. So you have more blood going in and it can't get back out. So now it starts to fill up. Mm -hmm. And that sheath is only expansile a little bit as far as girth but more in the um in the uh axi- well not in the length arena sure. so if that weren't true then you'd just get a big giant balloon shaped penis and it would right. look stupid and be, be floppy so uh you want this sheath to be only partially um elastic so that it stretches just so much and then after that it prevent it provides kind of a rigid or a semi-rigid um sheath that the more blood you put in there then the harder you know the the harder the the erection becomes and do you get to the point where as we say in tennessee a cat couldn't scratch it (laughs) so um if however you have intercourse particularly with the woman on top this is a lot of times how this happens and she's thrusting downward and maybe you've got whiskey penis Mm -hmm. and you're semi-erect and the penis comes out uh, of the vagina a little bit, and then she thrusts down and actually folds the penis over on itself. Breaks it. And breaks it. Yeah. You'll have uh, sometimes 
incredible pain with that. And if you actually get a penile fracture, you'll probably end up in the emergency room because there will be swelling and excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, you may just get a little injury to that one edge of the sheath where the penis bent. And then scar tissue develops. And now scar tissue isn't as elastic as the sheath itself. So when the penis becomes erect, the scar tissue won't expand. And now it's going to bend in the direction of the scar tissue. Right. Now, a little bit of curve is probably a good thing. Matter of fact, a gentle curve of the penis, especially to the side, you know, to one side or the other, will give an illusion of increased girth. Now, why is that? Well, because as you insert, you're pushing against the, let's say if it's curved, you know, it, it, it comes out of the body, curves a little bit to the right, and then curves to the left. So it's an arc. It looks like a C with the, with the bow pointing to the right. And uh, when you insert the penis at that point into whatever orifice, but let's just say for the sake of this story, it's penis to vagina, uh, the, uh, the penis will put more pressure on the left, no, sorry, the right side of the woman's vagina, right? And then as they insert, then it's going to go more and more to the left side. And then as you complete the thrust and it bends back the other way, then it'll be more in the middle. Mm -hmm. So you'll get this impression of greater girth because you're exciting not only the neurons on the left side of the vagina, but on the right as well. And um, But now a very pronounced curve can be painful for the dude, and it can be, make, uh, can render intercourse impossible. Mm -hmm. I've seen them where they're almost right angles. Yeah. So for those people, they really need to get something uh, need to get something done, and it also gives you an effective shortening of the penis too. Oh, the dogs are here. Let me turn on the doggy uh, the doggy uh, microphone. <laughs> okay, well, so we'll see if they have anything to throw in later. Um, so you want to see a doctor if you notice this. Uh, urologists are the ones who normally would treat this. And um, most of the time, you can't tell that you have it when you're flaccid, by the way. So uh, there are other things. Uh, if, if you have family members that have Peyronie's disease or if you have any kind of uh, connective tissue disorders, uh, like Depoitrin contracture. Oh, there you go, Taste. Is it okay if I just decline those while you're in here, or, or do you want me to let mm -hmm. you look no, at you them can and see? Okay. And then uh, it, it, people who are in their 50s and 60s is much more likely to happen. So there are some treatments for this. Uh, there were uh, stretching devices where you use um, a, a device that has, uh, what are those things called? Not something cock. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, that's cock ring? No, no, no. <laughs> a latch cock or... It's, oh, no, latch a turnbuckle. 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 I don't know. I just have cock on the brain, I guess. <laughs> um, so you would have a Velcro strap that goes around the base of the penis. Right. And then a Velcro strap that would go under the, the glands or the head of the penis, the a.k.a. the proverbial... Roman Warren helmet, and then you would have turnbuckles that were uh, attached to those, and then you could turn those turnbuckles, and it would put more and more pressure uh, and more stretching in the longitudinal direction to try to stretch the penis out. Mm -hmm. 
And that for people that don't have really severe peronies, that can be helpful. They may even gain about a quarter of an inch. Um, you know, in the acute phase, you're just going to have to let it go. But in the chronic phase, that's what we're talking about is all this stuff. Um, there are uh, injections. So, so that's a, the first one's called penile traction therapy. So you just apply traction to it to try to straighten it out. Uh, there are uh, injection therapies. One of them is a thing called elastase. And what it is is it's an enzyme that breaks down, or maybe no, it's collagenase, sorry, collagenase. It breaks down collagen in scar tissue. Mm. And when they inject it, then you can apply traction. And as the scar tissue dissolves, you can sort of remodel the penis. Right. And uh, they don't recommend surgery until the disease stabilizes, but surgery is also an option. And then uh, there's a drug called verapamil. It's used to treat high blood pressure. And uh, it disrupts the production of collagen, which is in the scar tissue. And it's uh, well-tolerated, may even reduce pain. And then there's one I've not used is interferon. And that is a protein that's an anti-inflammatory protein. It breaks down the production of fibrous tissue. And uh, they did a placebo-controlled trial on it, and it was showed statistically significant improvement. So there are things that you can do. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have this, you don't have to suffer with it alone. Go see a urologist, and they've got some ideas. Right on. All right? Okay, dog. Yeah, the surgery is pretty gruesome. I wish GVAC were still here because uh, this would be one where I could really get him cringing. But they, um, uh, let's let's look at this. I'm I'm looking at Mayo Clinic now. Oh Lord, okay. Uh, one is called plicating the unaffected side, so that's not so bad. And uh, what they do is suture the other side to kind of even out the traction that's being put on the um, on the sheath, and uh, it. It, it results in straightening of the penis, but is limited to less severe curvatures. And if it's less severe, why are you doing it? And then they can do incision or excision and then grafting. And it says, with this type of surgery, the surgeon makes one or more cuts in the scar tissue, allowing the sheath to stretch out and the penis to straighten. It's wow. Well, I hate to leave with all this penis talk. Oh, honey, I just got to the, to the best part. The good part. It's- Penile implants. Surgically placed penile implants are inserted into the spongy tissue that fills with blood during an erection. The implants might be, ooh, semi-rigid. Manually bent down most of the time and bent upward for sexual intercourse. You know, what I want to know is if anybody in the audience has a penile implant... So if it's just always sort of rigid and you just kind of jam it in and go in and out, in and out, do you still have an orgasm with that? You know, I've been doing this 35 years and never gotten a good answer to that. Kind of, You kind of wonder if, it, if they're still neurologically intact first. Well, okay, you let's know, say that, that they were yeah. and that it was just a blood flow issue. I Wait. always got, I'm out. Yeah, you got to go. Thanks, Tace. Bye. Let's give Tacey a... Bye, Tace. So, uh-oh. no, Wrong button. Thanks, Chase. So uh, so what we need to do, if we want to chase Tacey out of the room, we just got to talk about penises, right, Tace? <laughs> penis, <Okay>. penis, penis. <laughs> but, you know, why would we ever want to chase her out of the room, though? But um, I always thought that the erection 
at, at the neurologic cascade that happens to make an erection that's you know with the parasympathetic nerves and the spinal column and all that stuff that that was essential for an orgasm to occur because Mm -hmm. if you take a flaccid penis it almost doesn't matter how much you stroke it Mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen right so isn't one that's semi-rigid, kind of always flaccid, really. And why would you ever have an orgasm? Well, think think about a spinal cord patient. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they can they can they can put a tens unit on a penis yeah. and stimulate it to the point where the uh, they actually have an orgasm if they're trying to have conceive children. Yeah. Um, hmm. But well, that makes sense because it's a spinal reflex. You know, mm-hmm. the, ejac- the ejaculation is p- pretty much a pure spinal reflex. Yeah. So if you're... There's not a lot of upper cortical. C3 quad or something, yeah, right. then you can still have... Um, you can you can still ejaculate. Mm-hmm. So now I knew uh, a person that was... Didn't have any feeling from the waist down, but he could have what he perceived as an orgasm by somebody like rubbing on his arm while they were having intercourse. So I thought hmm. that was interesting. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, talk for a minute about that, and then I'm about gonna, rubbing rubbing an I arm. Don't know, whatever. No, no, no. no, so so I know I know I've got a couple, um, or I know of a couple gentlemen that do have the penis pumps um, from injurious events. You mean so a penal impl- a implant. penal implant that is a yeah, pump? It's a pump, right? Okay. All right. And and they do they have they have um, semi erections. Yeah, pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's got to get. That's kind of be kind of strange getting used to. I would. Think. Yeah, the ones that I saw used to see at the VA were not really. I mean, I guess they were functional, but they weren't mm. hogs by no, any means. No, no. Uh, here's an article from the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy. It's called The Effects of Penile Implant Surgery on Ejaculation and Orgasm. So this should answer my question. Okay. It says, 35 patients received penile implant were interviewed to assess their pre- and post-surgical ejaculatory and orgasmic experience. Prior to surgery, most men were able to experience ejaculation, 71%, and orgasm, 80%, even though erectile capability was impaired or lost completely. Well, that's interesting. The implantation of a prosthetic device did not interfere with ejaculation or orgasmic functioning. Cool. Well, there you go. That's pretty cool. Well, hell, why don't I just get one of those? I don't have to worry about anything. (laughs) Make it a lot easier. Five men who had been non-orgasmic earlier reported having orgasm after surgery. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Oh, I see. So what they're saying is... In these cases of psychogenic orgasmic dysfunction, the penile prosthesis helped overcome the psychological barriers to dysfunction. Now, I can see, I mean, so much of, of sex is in the brain. Yes. I mean, it's in the mind. Yes. Mental And if mental. you're not into it, it ain't happening. And if you are feeling uh, insecure in any way, most of the time it ain't happening. It ain't happen, yep. And so, you know, and all of a sudden they give you a... a a rigid hog and you're walking around like an 18 year old with a with a semi erection all the time mm-hmm. i could see where that could turn things around for some oh, shoot, people yeah. Yeah, it gives you makes you feel like you can actually accomplish the yeah the, uh, the goal we used to well still do 
if you had a young guy that had uh, performance anxiety, mm-hmm. you could give them a prescription for Viagra and just never never use it. But knowing that they had it took away their performance anxiety, they could go back to normal again. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Yep. It's all about the mind, getting the mind right. It certainly is. All right. Okie doke. Um, that was a good one. Did we do the nocturnal erection one last time we did, didn't yes. we? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's do this one. Yes, this is Wade from Louisiana. I'm going to try to be the new Stacy DeLoach, I guess. <laughs> okay, Wade. But I was wondering if you are... For you to be able to do that, you got to do a couple of things. You have to bring us uh, no-carb brownies, which is Stacy's wife makes, and you have to call three times a week, and I throw two of the calls away. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get your ham radio license so we can talk on ham radio on digital mobile radio. <laughs> so, but other than that, you're doing great. Right. Being treated for low testosterone, say you're taking injections, and you stop, will your testicles start producing mm-hmm. testosterone again, or have they shut down? And- that is an excellent question. And the answer is it could go either way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's not good. My, no. uh, oh, my, my gun just fell out of my pocket. Oh, hell <laughs> that doesn't ever happen at a restaurant. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lord. Well, I got to be careful when you're here, Doctor Scott, That's just true. in case you try something. All those crazy, all those crazy women chasing me around, yeah, or, or that—that that could be it. <laughs> that may be more likely. Um, <laughs> so, oh, stop. all right. So, uh, I have heard of people who overdosed on testosterone. Let's say they were bodybuilders, right? And they were cycling, and then they stopped. And start feeling bad, go get their testosterone checked, and it's zero. Yes. And they get it checked a month later, it's still zero. I've seen, I've seen cases like this. And uh, in those folks, their testicles stopped producing. Yes. Te- they just gave up the ghost. Yep. And so you can get to a threshold where it won't come back. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, want, if you have low testosterone and you want to preserve uh, fertility, in other words, you want to have kids with your girlfriend or wife or whoever. Um, testosterone therapy isn't the way to go. There's another therapy called clomiphene citrate, and most fertility docs and urologists will recommend that instead. And what that does is it encourages the testicles to make their own testosterone. Mm-hmm. Because when you take testosterone replacement therapy, if you take enough of it to get your your levels up to where they're supposed to be, the testicles just go, well, why are we even bothering? Right. You know, they don't, they obviously don't need us. And and they will uh, stop producing and they'll shrink too. Yeah, they shrivel up and peck their shit up. <clears throat> when you do Clomid, they don't do that. So it's a feedback loop. Basically, there are hormones in the pituitary gland that when there is low testosterone on board, they will uh, send out more of these hormones. And their hormones are telling the testicles, make more testosterone. It's just like submitting an order. If you're, you know, if you're an automobile manufacturer and you're running out of brake pads, you submit an order mm-hmm. to the brake pad factory and then they ship you brake pads. 
And if you have too many brake pads, you don't order them for a while. They don't make any. They don't ship them to you. Yep. And if you start running low, you put in a big order, and then they make more. Yep. It's the same thing. So the um, <clears throat> the the pituitary sends out these hormones. The, the testicles start making testosterone. Now, if you have primary testicular failure, in other words, you've gotten old and you're losing your ability to make testosterone, mm-hmm. the pituitary will order more testosterone. So the levels of those pituitary hormones will go up while the levels of free testosterone will decrease. Okay? Right. So for a while, and when the, when the pituitary goes, hey, assholes, make more testosterone, they'll do it. But then they kind of tire out and they continue to fail. Yes. So in those people, you'll have high pituitary hormones, particularly FSH and LH, and low testosterone. Right. Now, if you have a pituitary tumor that's preventing the ability to call to place those orders, let's say the you know your ordering clerk in the at the car manufacturing, or you've lost the um, I don't know your their computer went down, they can't place an order. Okay. So then they don't make any brake pads and they don't ship any. Same thing. In that case where the pituitary is not requesting more testosterone, you'll have low pituitary hormones and low testosterone. Mm-hmm. And that that's leading you toward looking at the person's pituitary. Right. But high hormones, low testosterone. Normal. Is, no, it's not normal, but that's, you know. Well, as, as an aging. Primary right. testicular right. failure. Right. Okay. So uh, now, so if you have a situation where there's high hormones, pituitary hormones and low testicular hormones Mm. because of primary testicular failure, and now you give somebody testosterone, what's that going to do? The pituitary is going to detect the testosterone, and they're going to go, well, okay, you got plenty now. Stop sending us. So they will start to decrease the demand. Well, you've already got testicles that can't meet the demand anyway, and so... The only thing that's making them make any at all is these high levels of pituitary hormones. Well, now the pituitary hormones are decreasing. The testicles are going, well, okay, I guess we're good. You know? <laughs> we've, done our, we've done our part. Yeah. Does that make sense? It sure does. It sure so does. in those people, you will see a high test or a normal testosterone and, and um, low um, pituitary, a little or normal pituitary hormones. But if you could differentiate between the two types of testosterone, the native or what we would say endogenous uh, body-made testosterone would be almost zero. Now, when you stop, sometimes the testicles will come back, but a lot of times they won't. Right. So there you go. So, again, if you want to preserve your ability to impregnate somebody, uh, then don't use testosterone for your low testosterone. Ask for clomiphene instead. Right. Or at least just tell. You don't have to remember that. No. Just where if you're going somewhere, you say, hey, wait a minute now. I would. I heard there was this stuff that I could get my testosterone up, but I could still stay fertile. Right. Okay? All right. Well, I think that was a good one. That was good. Could we do this one? Yes, Dr. Steve. This is Wade from Louisiana. Oh, oh, now I sit. Now I understand. Oh, uh, go. Uh, now I got it. Okay, yes. Okay, that he's meeting one of the criteria of yes. being the uh, <laughs> the. And is he from Louisiana? Louisiana. Well, that's where Stacy lives too. So, yep. They're both. Uh, okay, got it. Well, that's fine though. Good if they're good questions. I don't care how many times you call. All right. Um, 
Let's let's take his question though. But if you have had COVID, will the vaccine be beneficial to you, mm -hmm. or or are you immune? You would think that if the, there is a vaccine, then your if you've caught COVID, your immune system would fight it, and you wouldn't need it. Yeah, you would think that. Thing is, is that the, we don't know what kind of immunity people are really getting, and we do know that at least the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines make different antibodies. So, would two kinds of antibodies against the same virus be a good thing, or could one of those block the other one and then cause a worse syndrome later? We don't know the answer to that. Um, so far, though, people who have been vaccinated and there are millions of them now that sure. have gotten COVID-19 have not had that horrible, worse syndrome. Matter of fact, the vaccine seems to protect people from dying. Yeah. So uh, so the, I, I'm, I'm just reading straight from the CDC website because it's isn't just me saying this, this is the CDC. And it says, due to severe health risks associated with, associated with COVID-19 and the fact that reinfection is possible, Vaccine should be offered to you regardless of whether you already had COVID-19 infection. The CDC is providing recommendations to federal, state, and local governments about who should be vaccinated first. So we're, we're working on that. At this time, experts do not know how long someone is protected from getting sick again after recovering from COVID-19. The immunity someone gains from having an infection called natural immunity varies from person to per person, which is good. Because if it was all the same, we'd either all be dying or all be fine. But one virus could hit, tick all those boxes and kill all of us. Yep. That This natural variation is very important to the survival of our species. That one virus can't just run through it or through us and kill us all. Um, now, an alien virus, maybe, but not an Earth-made virus. So Andromeda strain is still possible. Uh, of course, spoiler alert, at the end of that, it mutated to a strain that was not deadly. So like regular viruses often do. Um, okay, some early evidence suggests natural immunity may not last very long. Well, okay, now the immunity may last very, very long. Antibodies may not last very long. It says we won't know how long immunity produced by vaccination lasts until we have more data on how well the vaccines work. Both natural immunity and vaccine-induced immunity are important aspects of COVID-19 that experts are trying to learn more about. That's always heartening, isn't it? Oh, geez, well, we, we're trying to learn more about it, but in the meantime, this is what we're recommending. So, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, I don't know the answer. That That is a personal choice. If you've been infected and you're inclined not to take the vaccine, I would understand that. Sure. And then if you want to wait, that's okay. They are recommending that you get it mm -hmm. that the, when you can when you're able to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, are they right or not? We won't we won't know for the longest time. Only time will tell. Yeah. So if ten years from now, all of a sudden, people who got the COVID vaccine are having horrible time with just regular coronavirus cold type colds, well, then we'll look back on this and go, you know, oops. oops. But well, okay, well, we learned something. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I, I, so far, we're not seeing any of that no. so far. But it is early days. It is way early. We've got a long way to go. The other question, will the COVID-19 vaccine alter my DNA? We've answered that on this show. Absolutely not. Nope. It doesn't work that way. The RNA does not inculcate with your DNA. It can't.
No. RNA is a messenger from the DNA to these little machines called ribosomes. Which, by the way, I've said this before, but go, uh, go to YouTube and look for an animation on uh, mRNA transcription, mm -hmm. and it will blow your mind. That's pretty the, cool stuff. These machines, yeah. yeah. So, so it's just instructions to the ribosomes to uh, make proteins. That's it. Right. That's all it is. Okay. All right. All right, Scott, you got anything else? I don't think so, Dr. Steve. All right, well, let's get out of here. We can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Tepp, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Opcharsky, Chowdy1008, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, she who owns pigs and snakes, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, the girl who's not a Ph.D., Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, the great Rob Bartlett, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington and Fez Watley, and the Port Charlotte whore whose support of this show has <laughs> never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 or 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.